Welcome to episode two of The Bottle Comic, released simultaneously with episode one for our inaugural week, covering the Dark Phoenix story arc. Here we go with arc two. I'm Veronica. I'm Monte. Oh, I'm a guest, Melissa. Yes, our special guest. Special. Taking off again with arc number two, starting with uh, issue 132. Yes. Okay, so in this story arc, uh, the Emma Frost is dead. Dead. That's what happened. She's, she's been murder-slash-suicided. Yeah, she's been murder-suicided, but actually she's just catatonic. Um, Secretly. Yeah. We don't know that. But they saved... Spoiler uh, alert. Kitty Pride, huh? Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler. They saved Kitty Pride, um, and now they're trying to figure out who these Hellfire Club guys are. So they go over to Angel, Warren Worthington the third. The third. Yeah. <laughs> their uh, sweet, rich-ass friend who has wings, and... <laughs> They're talking about it, Colossus, or Cyclops is talking to Angel, uh, he's telling them all this scary stuff that happened, and Angel's like, the Hellfire Club, I'm part of the Hellfire Club, I'm rich. Like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Gasp and he's face. like, no, man, it's not like that, like, I'm not one of those Hellfire Club people. I didn't people. snitch, yeah. I <laughs> once, and you know, it wasn't cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, they're just a bunch of boring rich people who like to, like, drink martinis and shit. And we're fucking, like brays like yeah. leggings and knee-high boots by Blech. the way yeah just a bunch of squares and uh the cyclops is like oh so you can get us in and he's like yeah i'll get you in so he's gonna do that but before they do that gene gray shows up even though cyclops specifically wanted to get away from gene gray yeah, specifically wanted said. privacy yeah so she shows up we had they have that whole moment that we talked about in the previous episode and something that I did notice is I didn't realize until I just looked over it just now, trying to like refresh, that she takes Cyclops's visor off. She he does. never says like she's never like, Oh, I'm gonna take your visor off. Like she just does it. She just does it, yeah. And he's yeah. like, No <laughs> No, Jean. Explanation, yeah. explanation, explanation. <laughs> so she takes the visor off, holds his powers back. Which given was very sexy. It was. Also she says, quote you have a good face. <laughs> I think that's her only reason for doing it, right? I just want to see your face. Yeah, like, I've never no seen your face I before. want you to feel what it's like to not have your powers out of control. Just no. like, Which, damn, though, bitch, you look so fine. No, like, on the one side, I'm, I was also wondering if she knew she was going to die at that point. So she wanted to see his face before she No, died. I don't think so. Maybe. Or I don't she know. thought she I might mean, have to kill herself. Yeah. The phoenix is like, almost omnipotent so maybe right. it does know not even that just like die. she's very worried and she keeps thinking like no one can stop this so i was wondering if she was just like feeling famous. yeah there is a lot of like inevitability and you get the feeling that she's going to um like she feels that she's careening towards this like catastrophe mm-hmm. um but after that happens they have sex in the middle of the desert i think that's gross fine on uh is it pronounced but Boot. A mountainous That's feature. That's what we're going to say. I, <laughs> it's I, on a butt. I, <laughs> a boot? <laughs> if you're Canadian, a boot. A boot? <laughs> but on some kind of geological structure. Thousands, hundreds is of feet above Is it B-U-T-T-E? This. It is B-U-T-T-E. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they do that and then it just kind of cuts to... One week later. Yeah. Them actually doing the infiltration of the Hellfire Club. So Storm, Colossus, Cyclops, Jean, they are actually going into the Hellfire Club, mm-hmm. interacting with people like 
mingling and stuff. Storm's got an awesome dress. She's fantastic. She's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Nightcrawler and Wolverine, because they're weird and creepy looking, <laughs> <laughs> sneak in through the sewer. Oh, God. But pause. We all agree Nightcrawler, though weird and creepy, is a sex machine. Yeah. He's very cute. He is. Uh, but... Not cute enough to go into the hellfire. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're blue, so Yikes. sewer it is. You threw away your uh, hologram, whatever. You can't cut it. He's like, can I come yeah. through the back door? And they're like, no, sewer. <laughs> <laughs> so they go in through the sewer, um, but everything goes wrong through a crazy turn of events. Jason Wingard is there because he's part of the hellfire club. So he does his little mind fuck thing. Uh, mind trip thing and Jean Grey goes like full dark well no not dark phoenix what's she called black, black queen. queen yeah which is something Jason Wingard aka whatever has Mastermind. engineered yeah and, like, it's part of the whole motif of the Hell Hellfire Club is they all use like color chess piece for their name so right. at this point she's joining the Hellfire Club sort of so she attacks Cyclops knocks him out uh there's a battle. All the X-Men are captured except for Wolverine. And then Wolverine has this fantastic issue where he's just like... He's infiltrating. He is the Terminator. It's fucking awesome. I was enjoying it so much. Yes, this is the first time that that happens. And it happens over and over and over in comics because it just works so it's well. It's also great because they drop us on cliffhangers several times. Because it'll yes. cut back and forth between him and everyone else upstairs in that room. And it's yeah. a cliffhanger each time. And, and it's, it's like, great. is Wolverine dead? No, he's no, not. No, he's dead. not. He's gonna no, he's, he's being weighed down by dozens of people. He fucking stands yes. up and walks with them, hang off of them. He gets like <laughs> he gets like shot and he's like, Little did you know I'm going to kill you. <laughs> he totally didn't kill him, Melissa. He promised he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Wolverine is in the sewer. He's well, I don't know if he's necessarily in the sewer. He gets he bumped gets... down into the storm drain and comes back up. Yeah. So he works his he... way back up the building. Basement, we'll say. Also, is this a Britishly structured building? Because at some point he's like, they're on the second floor. The dumbwaiter doesn't go that high. Like, yeah. Where does it go then? Yeah. <laughs> There's a dumbwaiter that just goes from the first floor to the basement. Very convenient. <laughs> um, but there is one specific part that I think is just fantastic where Wolverine, so he kills all of these people like, like all the goons yeah this whole freaking battalion of hellfire knights gets slaughtered by wolverine and then there's one guy left and he's like D don't move fella and then wolverine is just like thinking i'm gonna kill this guy he's <laughs> but pathetic. i'll freak him out first yeah so he's talking he's like talking to him about how you're not going to kill me i'm going to kill you you should just give up Maybe then I won't kill you. So the guy drops his gun. He's like, shoot, I was hoping you'd go for it. And I just think <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> Wolverine's character is so evenly constructed. Yes. There's no there's no chinks in his armor of I am Wolverine. This is how I am. Yeah, he knows who he is. I mean, he doesn't know who he is. Right, but, but... he knows who he yeah. is. He knows he would like to murder this man, and this man's like, no, it's okay, I'm surrendering. And Wolverine's like, mm. damn it. <laughs> yeah. So Wish I could have murdered. Um, while all of this is happening, the uh, X-Men are being held captive by 
the Hellfire Club and Jean Grey. And Jean Grey has them all pulled into this, like, weird fantasy. Storm gets turned into a slave with, like, a weird... 1780. Oh, God. I I was like, before she said that, I was like, is Storm a slave? Three question marks. And then the next page, I was like, yep, she is. (laughs) What was, like, on the first page, it didn't say. I just saw her outfit, and I was like, oh, shit. Are they making Storm a slave right now? Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Which, you know, that's whatever. That's, we cannot talk about it right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's a whole, like, uh, psychic battle between Cyclops and Jason Wingard, the mastermind. And Cyclops ends up winning through sleight of hand, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah, something. Yeah, but. Or in the psychic battle? Between Wingard and Cyclops? Yeah. Wingard like, wins. Wingard stabs him, mm-hmm. but that actually makes Cyclops win because it brings Right, but Jean... Cyclops doesn't know that, yeah. This is all This is all Gene. Yeah. Yeah. It brings Gene back to, That was like, a the front. very solid writing reason for that to happen. I enjoyed it very much. Yes. Sometimes in comics, there's these things that happen and you're like, that was the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. But I'm just going to get over it because it's a comic book. Right, we're moving This was on. not that. That was awesome. And it also made it, it wasn't really a flaw in the villain's planning, and it wasn't like any trick or coincidence. It was the strength of the hero. Yeah. The unknown strength of the hero. Yes. So all of this happens, and then Jean Grey basically, or Wolverine comes in and frees him. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Yeah, Jean Grey just kind of goes into the background like she's like, I'm just going to see who wins this. Yeah, I'm going to wait. Yeah, so the X-Men end up winning. Jean Grey finds Jason, who thinks he can hide from her, but he can't because she's the motherfucking phoenix. He's like, I'm going to become the wall. Yeah. She's like, I'm <laughs> she's still like, I saw here. you all along. <laughs> she's like, um, don't you know how powerful I am? You were literally in my head. He does not know how powerful she is. Yeah, so, and I'm going to say, Jean doesn't kill him. But she does. She does. She kills his mind. <laughs> his body isn't dead, but... Yeah, he's still alive, but he's also dead. It's like when the Dementors take your soul yes, out of exactly your body, like you're still technically alive. You just can't live. Yeah. Yes. So it's fine. It's also like, um... Shit. That's what it is. What's the Cthulhu guy? The author of the Cthulhu mythos. H.G. No. Whatever, uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. It's Lovecraft. like that. Like, he's seen the cosmos and he's gone insane. Yeah. Although it's so, not, like, scared insane. It's like, I am now one with the universe, which is too much for me and it's bad. Yeah, so not a murder, but a murder. Yeah. And uh, then all the X-Men are freed. They fight the Hellfire Club. Wolverine murders uh, Harry Leland, who is the one who made him fall through the floor. He falls on him with his oh, claws out. Oh, he's not murdered. He just needs to be hospitalized. I, I actually love that dead. moment <laughs> where they were like, he instinctively made his powers turn on, which made Wolverine stab Smash. him even harder and faster. Yeah. <laughs> like, smashed him into the ground. It, like, it was dumb, though. He had his claws out, and yeah. then when he landed on him, they drew it without the claws. It's like, he didn't stab him. He just punched him through the floor. No, he stabbed him. And he then later, him. he's it's like, he needs to be hospitalized. But then the senator... He needs to go to the morgue. Gives his condolences to Shaw, because he's totally dead. He's definitely dead. He's 100% murdered. Also, Colossus um, is going to murder Donald Pierce, the robot man, but he gets away. So there's that. Uh, And then, 
who beats Sebastian Shaw. I think it's Storm. She like freezes him. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah. She's and he like one. runs away. Yeah. yeah. So um, Harry Leland dead. Jason Wingard dead. The Donald Pierce almost dead. And Sebastian Shaw, yeah. the Black King, not dead, just defeated. Only his pride is harmed. Right. Because Storm can beat him without killing him. Right. Um, so that's the recap. What do we think? All right. I want to mention something um, before we get into what we think. And it was, I mentioned earlier, what I compared to literature is, um, it's not literature, it's a sci-fi book. All right, so the way that Jason Wingard, a.k.a. What's-His-Face, tricks her, which is really cool because it's like this kind of petty guy who like unlocks this power mm-hmm. he, he doesn't even comprehend, and that's what causes the next thing to happen. But what, I, what it made me think of, his tactic for doing it, which was pretty interesting, is there's, um, I'm going to spoil the end of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, written by Douglas Adams, who wrote... Wait, I was going to read that. Who, <laughs> who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The, the villain in that book is, which the whole structure of that, those books is that it's just so random and confusing and coincidences. But there's the alien, the ghost of an alien from primordial earth. And he's trying to possess people to do something that he wants to do. But the way he can do it is he tries to get them to do a test thing first Mm -hmm. to see if they're willing to do the thing he wants them to do. So he's getting into them and seeing if it's in their character to essentially boils down to to kill someone. So he's getting into them and seeing if they have it in them. They have the desire to do this dark thing on a small scale. And that's kind of what Jason Wingard is doing. Mm -hmm. He creates this illusion and like messes with her mind to be like, are you willing to be this person? And it comes into Jane or Jean going from Jean to Phoenix to dark Phoenix. Like she even knows she has this darkness within her and he totally fucks it up for himself without even knowing by unleashing that. And I thought it was really cool and a very good, I really liked it in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Also, it's a really interesting theme because this is written really well. I love it so much. Hubris. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, hubris also. Hubris. Hubris. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, that's one of my favorite, like, like my favorite tropes is, like, villain unlocks power they cannot hope to control, which is one of the very few things that X-Men 3, The Last Stand, Mm -hmm. got right. I think it's a really good way to make something huge and world-ending happen, because, like, with, um, say, with Thanos, like, the person who causes shit to happen doesn't need to be the big bad at the end so you don't need to give all this power to these petty villains who cause shitty things to happen you just like they accidentally unlocked a world ending power that now the heroes have to deal with so there doesn't need to be a little petty evil villain that you fight for the whole jason just wanted to be in the hellfire club and he wanted sebastian shaw to protect him or not protect him but respect him yes like he just has daddy issues Exactly. I love that so much because it doesn't give power to evil. It just says, like, there's powers we can't handle. Yeah. And we need to struggle against them. But what were you going to say? You were getting excited while I was um, No, it's not important anymore. Oh. Well, I just wanted to really mention that because we didn't, we didn't talk about those flashback yeah. illusion things while we were talking in Arc yeah. 1. Yeah, and those are the, you know, the right, that's kind of inciting it. incident. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's the flashbacks. We talked about Wolverine. Well, what did you think about the second arc, Melissa? With the Hellfire Club and Wolverine and all the fighting. Well, I was actually texting Monte while I was reading it because it's just 
like nobody else kills people, mm-hmm. but Wolverine kills people. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, sure, Dark Phoenix definitely tried to kill Emma Stone and or not Emma Stone, <laughs> Emma Frost, uh, maybe Emma Stone. Um, and but like she, her arc goes and you know it's like a reason. But Wolverine, yeah. Wolverine, and he's just straight up murders people. And it's great. And sometimes I feel like, just like with how sometimes stories are like subtle, but they're just subtle about how Wolverine kills people. (laughs) And it's like, no, he's definitely murdering them. He's murdering them with his big stabby claws that that can cut steel like butter. Yeah. The bit with... What um, else would he do with With uh, Jean Grey thinking she was reliving her ancestral... Right. Like, you that know, was her explanation for why this yeah, was happening. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'm living 200 years in the past, but then she doesn't have any control over what she's doing. She's just reliving it, and that's, like, almost like an excuse to, like, let herself relive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, wants to. That's that's what I meant. Like, yeah, she exactly. She wants to. Yeah. That was, I felt like that was kind of a ball dropped, because there wasn't, there was an explanation for why he was able to do that to her mind, and it made sense, like, He combined with Emma Frost to be able to psychically make illusions in her brain. But... Yeah, and she's like, oh, Emma Frost, that woman I just murdered. Right. (laughs) Now I'm going to murder you. (laughs) On the surface, I feel like that's kind of a ball dropped because that's kind of like a cheesecake answer. But at the same time, like, she wanted to believe. And it wouldn't have succeeded if she didn't want to be that. If she didn't want to live out that person. Yeah. Which is Um, so cool. In terms of, like... uh, Wolverine being the X-Men that killed I think it's kind of like the way that you said before like Wolverine in the not in this arc but the previous arc where he killed all the Hellfire Club soldiers yeah um, and everybody's just like okay like you're okay with Wolverine murdering a whole group of people but you're deeply disturbed by Jean Grey murdering one person Mm -hmm. or like using her powers flippantly and I think that that really gets to like the relationship between these characters because it's like they know Jean Grey Mm -hmm. so they know like that's not what Jean would do and they know Wolverine as well like yeah they know know Wolverine and they're like oh yeah Wolverine would murder a battalion oh yeah he's Canadian (laughs) he would murder everyone he's Canadian he would kill everyone kill anyone which is interesting because later in the third arc they are like oh, all these innocent people are dead. But in this part, they're not really concerned that someone is dead. They're concerned that someone killed. Yeah, they're, the the core of their concern is Jean. And that's like, they, the X-Men are moral in that they don't want to like kill people unnecessarily. They want to set this good example. But like at their core, like they are a fam, like they are, you know, a found family group. Right. And so- they're going to care more about Jean Grey than Emma Frost. Yes. Also, a side note, like, that makes them feel so much, like, probably all comics of this era feel really justified, but I feel like comic stories as told today, it always has to be the earth-threatening thing, and so someone has to die at the end, right? Like, there's a villain that can't be stopped, so we have to kill them. Older comics, like, there's the day-to-day, and in the new spider-man movies also there's the day today we're protecting the little guy we're stopping street crime these people even when they're not doing anything they feel justified as an entity because they're together to have a home they're a family and they have a reason to be together yeah in an ongoing way especially for like the first two arcs this is a story that's just about the x-men like Mm -hmm. the hellfire club they have these 
they kind of have these like nefarious world conquest goals, but that's not the that's not really the point. It doesn't feel like the point. At no. least. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just the X Men kind of like fighting to survive and then yeah. fighting for the survival of a member of their family. Right. Well, the reason they yes. went out in the first place and fell into this trap was they were looking for neo mutants. Like they were trying to gather more. What's the word for when you're not welcome in society? Yeah, recruits, but like children who were becoming mutants and they were going to be rejected and ostracized by society. And they're like, we don't need them. They they will be child soldiers, but like we also (laughs) just need them so that we can protect them in our mutant fold, you know, so that we can be together as fellow mutants. Like they weren't out to murder anyone or save anything when they got trapped. Yeah. They were going through their day to day. Yeah. Um. Anything else before we wrap up this storyline by talking about the way that it ends? Let me check my notes. Sexy notes. Yeah, I don't think they're sexy. Oh, Cyclops and her creating their psychic rapport is also a good literary thing because it's sort of yeah. the opposite to Jean and Wingard. And I wonder once again, did Jane know that that was going to be... Jean, I'm so sorry. I keep saying Jane. That's a terrible name. I'm sorry. Jane Grey. It is. I am Jane Grey. Jane, I feel like I know of a character named Jane Grey, but that's not what I'm thinking Probably. of. Probably. It's just like, I can't hold the name Jean in my head because when I say it, it sounds bad. But yeah, I'm wondering if she knew she would need that or if she knew she was going to die and wanted to establish that with Cyclops. It's possible she didn't, but it's interesting to think about and it's a good foil. Like, that's what saved her in the end, whereas having that connection with Wingard was what uh, brought her down, mm-hmm. Is was what the injury was. Yeah, it's a good parallel. Yes. Does the Secret Service protect Anything. presidential candidates? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. That was a question I had. Yeah, that was... X is a jerk also. Yeah, that was like a whole thing. I actually <laughs> forgot that there was like a presidential candidate because they mentioned it at the beginning. Yeah. That wasn't that like... the bad guy in the first X-Men movie is Robert or Richard Robert Kelly. Kelly? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chris Claremont is a great writer. This is foreshadowing right it's of seeding the next, this whole thing that's yeah, gonna happen this is seeding the next like major x-men event which is days of future past and robert kelly is the not necessarily the main villain but he's like one of the antagonists in that storyline yeah because yeah, this second act ends sort of with the seeds being sown that the x-men are the ones right. that are causing chaos which is how just literally just disrupting a party for rich people yeah. like yeah. no one's died they just kind well, of oh, they a lot of people died, died. But, okay but not... no, none of the rich people but we won't died. admit it well they did like, but we won't admit from that it their happened. perspective they're like wow so rude yeah. <laughs> the x-men yes. are rogue a lot of people died no one that mattered no one that mattered. well harry leland was rich right he died uh, i don't care just, what they say he died that's true just in the hospital mind yeah he was hospitalized with several stab wounds didn't he fall several floors down into the the sewer sewer. (laughs) increased mass blah blah blah. what is a salicrup i have no idea several times when it's like a footnote back to when wolverine did something that plans for the future it says sneaky salicrup or when he later wanted revenge it said uh some, something else. I was like, what the fuck is that word? I don't know. Um, we don't need to. Well, there's no way to know. Okay, so. cool. <laughs> um, I could Google that. No, we don't need to know. It's probably an old-fashioned word. I wrote Professor X is a dick multiple times in this arc because he's a dick to everyone, and I don't like Oh, Salakrep was the editor. Oh, okay. I didn't pay attention to who the editors were. That's who it was. It was 
Jim Salagrup. There you go. Well, there you go. He yep. was planting things. Sneaky Salagrup. <laughs> that sounds like some sort of weird, nefarious, like... <laughs> Snake? Na- yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I had written down for the second arc, so yeah. Let's okay, move on so to the third arc. It concludes with uh, Jean Grey going full Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. She destroys their ship in another really great panel where Wolverine's like, oh, the police are coming, we should probably get out of here, I don't know if I can fight all these people, and Jean is like, you're worried about the police? I'm gonna kill all of you. <laughs> I'm gonna destroy this whole fucking planet. Yeah, and then Jean, or Storm turns around, she's like, gods of earth and air. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... So sexy. The like a- iconic panel where Phoenix is like, hear me, X-Men, no longer am I the woman you knew. I am fire and life incarnate. Now and forever, I am Phoenix. Boom. Boom. She blows up their ship. Take a screen cap of that. <laughs> We're going to post it on Isn't Instagram. that when Nightcrawler goes, well, another ship destroyed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved that because it was like this big, like, dumb, dumb, dumb. But then it's like, we still have the humor. This is still a fun comic. Yes. Um... <laughs> And I think that's the only time that Nightcrawler does it. <laughs> he does wah, stuff. Wah, wah. It's just not interesting. <laughs> um, okay, so that starts our next, the like concluding arc of all this, which is the Dark Phoenix arc. So she destroys their ship. Um, she beats their ass a little bit, I think. And then she just flies off into space. She's like, I'm done with this. I am fucking off. So she flies off into space. Uh, she goes, destroys a solar system. Yes, a whole solar system. Because she's hungry. She needs yeah. a snack. Which snack snack. I don't really understand. That's something that's never really been explained, is why Phoenix needed to consume this sun. I think it makes sense for Phoenix. Like, her power is still building, because she's just been unlocked, but she's like, She's thoroughly selfish, and she wants to feel the feeling of infinite power, so she can't even wait, like, ten minutes or whatever to feel it. So she, without regard to the effect, consumes a star to get her there faster. Yeah. Um, You get some good beats with Professor X, kind of like what we were talking about before. Being less of a dick. Yeah. Um, Realizing But now he's actually, you know, he's uh, concerned for his student and this person that he loves, so Mm -hmm. he's like... Something is wrong. We need to go. Right. We need to help And he's her. realizing how he's been a dick and it's not helpful. Yeah. Um, too so... little, too late. Exactly. But <laughs> so that at least A little twice. bit too late. <laughs> um, so Jean destroys the sun. Uh, not our sun. Someone else's sun. A similar sun, though. Yeah. <laughs> a um, peace-loving she could, race. She could destroy our sun. peace-loving race. You hate to see it. You hate peace. to see it. Not anymore, though. <laughs> There's nothing to see. Yeah. So she destroys that planet, uh, or that solar system. Uh, she fights some of the Shi'ar, which is an alien group that I don't. we don't really have time to explain everything about them, but suffice to say that they're an alien group that the X-Men has dealt right. with before that Charles Xavier has really close ties yeah. to. I was going to say, this arc was the first time I felt like I really lacked knowledge, but I feel like they explained everything adequately while you yeah. were reading so that you could keep reading. They're introduced in the first uh, Phoenix Saga, and they it's a whole are thing. like yeah closely tied to the phoenix all this stuff so um cyclops because he has this psychic rapport with gene he's like she's coming back <laughs> she's headed right back here yeah i don't think he necessarily knows that she has 
destroyed the solar system. But None of he, them know till later when she's yeah. like on trial for it. Yeah, but he can feel that she's different. Yeah, it something seems. bad has happened. Yeah, so he feels that she's coming back, um, and that she means nothing good. She's she's up to no good. Up to no good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes back. Uh, the X Men fight her. Obviously, they don't win uh, because she's the Phoenix. And um, in the end, it comes down to Professor X and her having a sort of mental battle. Professor X wins, but he then says that's only because the part of her that... It's with her consent, essentially. Or with her assistance that he manages to do it. Yeah. But he's ready to die doing it, as everyone else is ready to die fighting her, essentially. Yes. Yeah, they, they are ready to die to save this person that or to try to save this person that they love knowing that she's probably going to kill us yeah there's a moment where wolverine is like i could definitely kill you and she's like wolverine you should definitely kill me for the split second and he's like oh wait it's gene and then she's like psych it's dark phoenix again he's like dang it i missed my opportunity (laughs) and then she like Like, throws him into yeah, like the one time he didn't kill someone was right. definitely when it would have been very beneficial to do so. <laughs> the one time he hesitates. You hate to see it. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of put a pin in the recap to talk about this because I think it's really important is when she goes home. Yes. You've talked to us about this before when we talk about the oh, recent so movie. <laughs> it's so, it's so, 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 so good. And like I said before, I am... A gay black man so i'm reading it from that perspective mm-hmm. i've also like dealt with a lot of or not a lot but dealt with like mental health issues before and it can be so difficult to explain that to someone even if they love you mm-hmm. and in this kind of scene this kind of mini arc we see jean going home because she doesn't know what to do something is happening to her happening to her that she doesn't understand so she's going home you know to her parents and she's trying to like kind of explain to them what's happening mm-hmm. she but doesn't know all why she she's can going feel back. is that they're afraid of her mm-hmm. or and that they don't understand and it makes her furious right and she has no context of that as other people like she's the only one who experiences yeah. this because probably like every mutant's family is moderately afraid of them even if they or even every every teenager's family is afraid of them yeah in a prime but also way. this is the first time because that's something that we know now with our, you know, 50 years of X-Men comics. But at this time, the X-Men were really, like, the only mutants that we really knew their home life or whatever. Right. And none of them, other than Kitty Pride, um, and I think Iceman for a little bit, but other than those two, we didn't really see X-Men or mutants interacting with their parents. Like, right. So this was really the first time that you had a really in-depth look at like how does a family react to finding out that your child is this extremely powerful right. being that you know you don't understand and you have no way to even relate to them mm-hmm. so yeah she goes she goes home she is looking for like love and acceptance from her family but all she can feel is that they're afraid of her even if and at that point it doesn't even matter you know what they say or whatever she knows how they feel because she can read their minds right i think this is very also very important to what i keep saying like the progression of gene gray to phoenix to dark phoenix and how they're related and i'm gonna skip forward a little bit because like later after it's been revealed that she killed all those people 
all the X-Men have a moment where they're thinking like, mm-hmm. can I defend her? How, who is she and how is she not or is the same person as Dark Phoenix? And that's what's so well written here is that like, they they think about it in various ways. Like that's a person who doesn't exist anymore. That's this, that's that. But it's all Jean Grey. Like as a human, she has these fundamental aspects because we have the ultimate goodness and the ultimate evil in us, as other books have said. Like, we have the potential to be better than angels and worse than demons, and it's all in us, and it depends on what we choose to do. Dark Phoenix is just a... Or Phoenix is just a force that gets onto her. Like, I don't know if it has any particular uh, prerogative, but I'm assuming it doesn't. And whatever it decides yeah, to do as Jean like Grey... instinct. Right. That's all it is. And whatever Jean Grey as Phoenix or Dark Phoenix does is Jean Grey harnessing that power. And my understanding of what really happens is that when it's under control, that's just her with the ability to make the choice of being a good person rather than pursuing her instincts and pursuing that ultimate joy or that ultimate rapture. And that's so well written. Cause like, it would be easy to say that was a different person who I've cut out now, but it's not, it's she has to live every moment controlling it. She has to live every moment knowing what she has done because she wanted to do it. And that's, I think that's so interesting as a description of the human condition. Um, And, future books where so in this one it's retcon that this is just phoenix right mm, that's right, not gene exactly. it's just her consciousness which is why i don't like that <laughs> yeah because when it's because the way that it was written that wasn't true and yeah. what you were saying was the truth yes. but in future arcs it has been actual gene like actual gene being possessed by the phoenix and you see her like she has it under control and it's just gene with all of this power right it's like professor x said like power corrupts because you want to do that and you have to have the strength of will if you want to control it yeah and the reason that's related to this part where she visits her family is she doesn't even seem to know why she's visiting them and it's because she's thinking as dark phoenix but gene is always there and gene wants to see her family and be the human who is kind and loving that she's always known there's a panel that shows that dichotomy yes um where her dad has just rejected her like her dad says, I deny you, I cast you out. Mm-hmm. And there's a thought bubble that says, dad, no, please. Right. And then she's actually saying, watch your tone with me, old man. You dance with right. death and worse than that. And I think that shows why she came because she wanted her, she wanted to feel connection with her parents to bring her back down. Yes. She wanted that. And so she made herself do that so as she, the gene that's being yeah. repressed. So she showed up in the middle of the night, scared the crap out of her. <laughs> And then destroy like, some stuff. BT dubs, I will destroy everything and everyone. And yeah. they're like, I'm uncertain about that. And she's like, how dare you? But yes. like, also, like... Yes. She was it's hoping like, on the edge of hope that she would feel the experience of ultimate love and acceptance. And yeah, and that's why, like, the way that the dad no please is a thought bubble, it's not what she says. And she never says anything like that to them, right? She, right. From the moment she turns up, she's like... Aggressive. I am all powerful. Right. She's kind you... of constraining herself a little to say neutral things at first to like let the experience happen, but that's not enough to get it. Yeah, to where she and wants it's like it to that to me is so like indicative of mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like that I know so there's a lot of like argument about what X Men is an allegory for, and I think that it definitely works best as an allegory for 
LGBT and like queer mm-hmm. identities. But like this to me is a story that so encapsulates mental illness because mm-hmm. it's like, you know what you need, you know how you want people to respond to you and you know how you want to approach people, but you just can't. And like right. what comes out of your mouth is yes. something completely different. And from you what can't you know express you that need either yeah. to explain to people. Cause I mean, this happens with everyone we meet, like we want them to instinctively react the way we want them to react without explaining what we need from them. Yeah. On the fear that they won't offer it to us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, well, you should have known that even though I seem scary, and then even if it's like a secondary emotion of the doubt and the fear is secondary, it's not what your like primary focus is and what you're saying, because you're Putting on a brave face for your daughter who, like, yeah. you know, showed up in the middle of the night in a like, crazy scary outfit and may <laughs> or may not kill the children that are in the house. You know what I mean? Like, those are, like, your secondary mm-hmm. thoughts and emotions. And yeah. then... And it's then, interesting that we don't get any thought bubbles from, like, her parents. Yeah. Right? We're just seeing what they say, which, that's a good point. That's that's how you experience it when yeah. you go back to talk to your family. You don't get to see what they think, especially when you're on edge at first. And you just want that reaction now without long discussions and whatnot. Yeah. I think it's also because, like, not everyone's parents love them 100% down to the primordial level without any fear or worry about who they are. That's everyone's experience, but you don't get to know it until you're in a situation where you desperately want that. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm not, I don't have what I need, but you don't realize, like, that's how everyone lives because it's actually being thrown in your face. It's so good. It's this so is good. Like such a good uh, allegory, mini mm-hmm. part to this story. Yeah. Um, but we should probably talk. About we this. should probably. So, <laughs> well, there's not really much to say in the very last part. It's mostly a fight. Yeah, it's mostly a fight. So they get, uh, they come, they find Jean, they end up subduing her, like we said before. Um, then they get teleported away to the Shi'ar galaxy. Not before Cyclops proposes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> while, while she's naked in front of her father. <laughs> Romantic. Romantic. Love it. Um, but during their fight, while you're, while they're subduing her, you get really great drawings of Jean. I love the artwork in this whole arc. It's fantastic. It's really good. Um, I was surprised. Yeah. And then, uh, she, or... Cyclops proposes to her, they get teleported away, the Shi'ar are like, um, you killed a planet, you can't just Yeah, you killed a planet, and you still have the propensity to kill kill more more planets. planets. Yeah, (laughs) and and just being like, okay, cross your fingers, hope that Jean Grey never turns back into the Dark Phoenix, and you don't kill another planet with billions of Once again, it's really good, because like, I've read comics or really old stories where it's just like, you did a bad you have to pay. But this is also, even if we wanted to forgive you, we can't. Be, yeah. I mean, we can forgive you, but we can't let you keep existing like this. That's what, and Lylandra has some really great, like, thought bubbles and also dialogue points. And yes. she's the queen. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so the, um, the queen of the Shi'ar, Lylandra, she was married i think to Xavier. she gets oh. married to him eventually i don't know if they're married at this not point. yet they just like each other okay. they love each other yeah. yeah so but she seems much younger than him but she's an alien so she could be i don't know yeah but it's creepy to me um also he's bald so. <laughs> also he's bald so it's ugly and gross. <laughs> yeah. um so she has a badass alien hairdo and it's cool yeah she has 
really great thought bubbles where she's like, I really love Xavier and his children, the mm-hmm. X-Men, um, but I'm the queen and I have, I to, have protect. to protect my people. And she killed billions of my people. Mm-hmm. So. Well, they're, right. they're allies. Yeah. But still, it's yeah. like in the, and they make note that previously she saved the universe. Yeah. Yeah, she but did. But she thought they were but, the And she uh, brought, like, Lilandra would not be the queen if it wasn't for Jean Grey. Right, right. But is saving the universe, like, you have two of these huge things that Jean did. Right, and save like, everyone, but then she did murder yeah, a it'd ton be like, of people, if it could and be, she can do it again. Right, it'd be like if it could be and proved that that wasn't her intention, and she's not that person anymore, and she won't be again. Like I could see in a comic book her being forgiven and like let off, but she still has. Which comes back to who is Jean Grey? This is still Dark Phoenix, fully a hundred percent, which they're worrying about and thinking about in the upcoming day, but with constraints upon her, mm-hmm. which she have. It's nice that her she helped in constructing those constraints because then it's not she's being held in while she wants to get out. But it's still dangerous. Yeah. So um, Lilandra determines that she needs to be destroyed. Um, Professor X had, like, challenges to, like, a battle of honor or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the X-Men will fight. Uh, <laughs> I love it when... When he does that and Beast is like, well, it would have been nice if he asked. (laughs) 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 LOL, I guess I'll just do it. I guess I'll fight to the death, thanks. (laughs) But it was nice because then they thought about it all night about whether they wanted to and they all decided to. But also, Professor X, speak for yourself. God damn it. Because he didn't even fight. No, he didn't. He's like, by the way, these five or six other people will fight to the death. For their honor. <laughs> not me, though. No, not me. I'm just a little oh, thing. Me? Uh, no, no, oh, me? No, 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 no. You see, I'm, I in, a, them. I'm, in, I'm in a wheelchair. They got you. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Which, Professor so, X is a dick. Yes, he's such a dick. I wrote, like, at least four or five times that he's a jerk or a dick in my notes. <laughs> so, um, I wasn't clear on this. Lilandra accepts the duel for, like, an honorable duel, but it seems like she has a failsafe in place because she can't let Dark Phoenix continue to exist. Is yeah. that what happened? I don't even or... think we get to the failsafe. I don't, I think, well, I don't know if it, it might was not matter. that ship yeah. or if she knew it was all booby-trapped and there was weapons or if she just was like, I have sent a hundred bajillion flying people to go fight you. I, so the, um, the, what's the word? ramification mm-hmm. the like the ramification of it for me was that no matter what the outcome of this duel is she has to die okay like this duel is not over until she's dead okay <laughs> yeah that makes sense i just that was i don't think that was clearly called back to yeah. which most yeah. everything is called back to nicely yeah so i was like what was she talking about i suppose because it, it doesn't get to that point right like she's we're like, gonna we're gonna put on the show of an honorable duel but if they win we're gonna kill Jean gray we're just gonna snipe yeah. her so they have the duel, like you said before, it goes through pretty much every character. Yeah. They're having their internal my, uh, <clears throat> monologue. Obviously, the one that's most interesting to me is Storm because she's my favorite character. Cyclopses is also really interesting, and Colossus. Yeah, I liked Cyclops's attitude because it was like, I hate when things feel like so desperate, like there's no way out. But I liked it 
because he said no matter what happens i'm gonna stand by her he's not mm-hmm. he doesn't he is like troubled but he doesn't have this internal what should i do should i betray her or not he's like i'm gonna marry her i'm gonna stand by her even if it means we both die so yeah I enjoy um that. you get really great uh, furry naked Wolverine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like. Well, don't you get nearly naked Love almost everyone? Colossus. Everyone's yeah, walking around in their Storm is like yeah. almost naked in yeah. bed. Colossus, who's just such a hunk, uh, sitting there in his. Previously tidy mentioned whities. that he is like fifteen or sixteen. So. We talked about that over the break <laughs> because <laughs> you were too hot for Cyclops. An appropriate amount of attractiveness towards <laughs> an underage person. Yes. We'll just say like he's thirty-five. <laughs> It's okay. The thirteen and a half year old looks like she's twenty eight. Yeah. Hey, 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 Come on. Um, but yeah, everyone thinks about it and is partially naked, and it's great. And then the day comes, and they all stand by and say they will fight for her. Yep. So they have the big, great fight. Um, they all pretty much get taken down yeah. one by one. One by one until it's just Cyclops and Jean, which mm-hmm. I figured would happen. And then Jean kills herself. Essentially, yes. Yeah. And that's pretty much where the story ends. There's actually not... It's kind of weird because... Okay, Jean killing herself is the the sort of the the climax of the story. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the... I don't know if this makes sense, but it seems like the climax happens earlier yes like it seems like the emotional weight is distributed earlier in the story sometimes much earlier and by the time gene kills herself it feels like almost inevitable and it's just like this was the best outcome right Right. almost a relief yeah as a reader you're almost you're still going to that battle of does she deserve to live like i said earlier i think this is very well structured as a plot structure because like Nowadays, a lot of movies, they'll get to the climax, and then there will be a fight that's, like, half the movie, and there's no emotional growth during that part. It's just, like, I mean, it's exciting cinematically, because mm-hmm. you're, like, at heightened emotions for a long amount of time. And the fight is drawn, like, the illustration of the fight is very, very good. It is. It's great. Um, it was, for the most part, I felt like just a fight. Like, I was not reading it ten minutes before we started, but I was able to skim through a lot well, of Well, maybe you should read it again, but it was and then you'll good. have a better opinion. I felt like I did want to slow down and read it, rather than being like, I don't need to read this. Because people were still thinking about if they were willing to kill Jean, if all the they were still having all these existential thoughts during the fight. Yeah. Some of it was just, we need to fight these other mutants or whatever, but still. It was still character moments during the big long fight, mm-hmm. which was good. You said uh, <laughs> you thought that the the way that the story was told. Oh yeah, like the... but like yeah, you don't write a big long boring character development less first half, and then have a huge long half where all the character development is. The ending should feel inevitable when mm-hmm. you have a long a novel length or comic arc length or movie length story. It shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like the only thing that could have happened, but it should feel both somewhat surprising and like it led inextricably from one event to the next. Were you guys surprised when, I don't remember how I felt when I first read it, but were you guys surprised that she killed herself? I was or? more relieved than anything exactly. else. Yeah. Like, I like, yeah. would not have been surprised because of the <clears throat> medium if she had not, if they had found a way out of it. 
but I was also not surprised that she did because from the very beginning she had been thinking no one can do anything to mm-hmm. help me with this and even if she didn't consciously know I need to do it then or wasn't consciously able to do it way back then because she couldn't see how it would play out I thought it was something she was capable of from the beginning yeah and yeah. something she would do if she had to yeah it's not easy to like wash out the sins of murdering billions of people right. and enjoying it at the same well, time that's actually yeah and so she yeah. enjoyed it and she knows that she could do it and enjoy it again yeah. and, and she's the so only she... one who knows that she's the only one who knows the full capabilities of herself and the full desire of yeah, herself the way that to she feel felt. that way yeah. she's the only one even if she told someone that they wouldn't understand like right I liked that shit. Yes. And I they akin it to an orgasm every time she like, yes. did something awful. Right. Uh, and like once that. again, comparing it to modern stories, I was very surprised by her ability to have human and hope-filled moments throughout. She has so much agency through this whole well, that story. Too. But I also meant like how she's able to talk to Scott about their relationship and be proposed to and accept it. That like she's not fully down in the dumps the whole time essentially she's she still has hope while also knowing she doesn't just become an emo yeah like a world on my shoulders right which some people might be like i'm batman justice league 2019 which like i'm batman which like modern so hard i can never talk to anyone i have billions of dollars and the world is so hard (laughs) which like modern joker fanboys would be like it's not realistic she's not sad and mean enough it's like no i like that all the stories are like that now i'm bored with it yeah and again (laughs) it's that allegory to mental illness like when you are like obviously when you're having a depressive episode that's different but once you're past that like you're not sad all the time but you do feel the inevitability like this is going to happen again yeah but you still feel the desire to be happy yeah. and the desire to have connection. And you're not, because it's not logical necessarily. You don't become a cold, logical robot and you're like, I'm sad, thus nothing matters, thus I don't have to be happy or care about anything. Yeah, like that's not how people actually process trauma. Right. Like when you've gone through a trauma, you're not just <laughs> ruined for all eternity. Right. And- like brooding all the time and i like, think people forget with characters as well that like a character is just a character in a piece of media but also they ostensibly are living as a person and they're the only person they will ever be like when you are a person you have to be the most important person to yourself because you can only live in your own head you can yes. only have your own experiences and when you're dead you're dead and you can't be happy anymore so like if you're a person who has sad times you don't immediately say, I'm never going to be happy again, and thus everything doesn't matter and become 100% nihilistic. Like, you still mm-hmm. have hope for yourself because that's all you have. Yeah. 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 I thought it was very good character writing and very it interesting because it's, 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 not, it's not what we get all the time. Yeah, and Chris Claremont, I would say Chris Claremont is definitely the best when it comes to understanding the characters and like expressing the way that they would react in different situations like he's definitely the best at that Mm -hmm. so one of the things i was worried about with having us read this first was like (laughs) that it's like kind of downhill from here when it comes to reading comics like don't expect things to be as like tight and right 
when you're reading other X-Wing comics especially. But it's I think it's really good because it gives you a real understanding of like the core characters, who they are, and you know. Right. Right. A little bit of backstory sprinkled yeah, in. Right. I'm glad. It gave me some hope because the reason I don't read a lot of superhero comics is for those reasons. That like yeah. it goes on and there's not the best character writing sometimes or not the best scenes that like flow nicely with nice beats. But like it gives me hope that not I won't often feel like I'm doing homework to read stuff yeah. that you assign. Like I'll enjoy it probably and have something to say. Yeah, and that's what I think at least I'm going to try to... There's probably going to be a lot of things that I really like that you won't like. <laughs> yes. But... Um, Which is fine. We can like different things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you read something that's terrible that I told you to read for this podcast, don't be mad at me. That's I didn't do it on purpose. No. You did. I'm... Well, sometimes I will. But um, yeah, just this is like... Yes. The gold standard, probably, when it comes to characterization and everything. Yeah. Like, it's really fantastic. I'll tell you, the one thing, as a literature major, if you're going to do all the reading and survive, you have to be able to accept reading things that you don't necessarily enjoy as your own thing you would choose to read and still find the meaning and find the humanity in it. Yeah. So I will do that. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> so the last thing uh, that I wanted to talk about, because I think it's probably the most important thing about this story. I know. I see what, I'm time, just, I'm I just... see what time it is. Uh, <laughs> and it's quick. Is just the agency that Jean Grey has and how that came about. So originally, um, the Chris Claremont originally wanted Jean Grey to be depowered. Mm. Um, like didn't want to kill her but there's no way that she could continue to be a hero after melissa like you said killing billions of people and enjoying it <laughs> so he wanted to depower her she had to be neutered essentially yeah the studio heads were like uh no she needs to die like you can't <laughs> do that and then survive and continue to be a character like right. she needs to die so i thought it was really great that chris claremont instead of having like gladiator the head of the imperial guard or like someone else like scott or wolverine and x-men 3 how they just uh, <laughs> how he killed her but instead of having someone else do that mm -hmm. instead like having it be completely her decision from start to finish she's like i'm too dangerous to live that means i have to die like right. i'm putting not only uh the universe in danger but like more importantly i'm putting this man that I love right. and my this family and that family I've chosen in danger. in danger. Right. And I think that was well seeded throughout because she mm -hmm. also, Professor X needed her consent to defeat her at that one point and throughout she was trying all along. She was aware of what was happening yeah. and she was continuing to act. Yeah, she's written with so much agency and I think it's great. Yeah, it's um, great. I was surprised, as I said earlier or maybe before we started recording, I was surprised she even told Scott about the visions and whatnot but i enjoyed it because it was like a mentally healthy thing to do she mm -hmm. was not she was not becoming more and more desperate inside her head she told him everything that was happening yeah and even though that's that's relying on other people that's still agency in itself it's not like yeah. folding to the inevitability it's because that's a choice like yeah. you choose how you're going to respond right. to i was surprised that that even happened yep so 
Overall, I don't know how to wrap this up. We didn't well, get that far in planning this episode, so no, it's fine. I think that's good. We've, what are you guys gonna read next? We've yeah, this is yeah. we've we we've do that. finished this collection. <laughs> next, I got to pick something, although I gave a few options. I want to read The Killing Joke because I like Batman and I've never read The Killing Joke. <laughs> And I hate Batman, and I've never read The Killing Joke. Yes, and it's another big, famous, hallmark thing. DC, so it's a good balance. We've bounced back and forth. And mm-hmm. um, there's not a ton of superhero comics I have read. There are some. And we'll go back and forth, maybe not in parody, suggesting things to read. Monte will probably have a lot more things to think to suggest. I'll have things that aren't comics. Like, I really want him to play the Batman Arkham games, because there's a batman story within that we'll do movies but for next week we're gonna read the killing joke which is shorter than this i believe or maybe about as long it's hard to do because we read this digitally so i don't know how thick of a book it would be if we read dark phoenix next time i'm on you guys will be reading the archie comics i have about 25 of them (laughs) you'll be researching them thoroughly to get a good background on all the archie comic books Betty, Veronica, Jughead, I got them all. Yes. So, and then you'll do all the research into who wrote that. For next week, I'll be doing the background research, although I'm also reading it for the first time. And then we'll get into it in this way. Yes. And did you see, you didn't see the new Joker movie, and you don't want to. No, and I never will. That's fine. (laughs) Just say. Same. Within the context of things that have happened recently, we might have some stuff to say. A big treatise on the Joker. No, not just that movie coming out. Not anything else oh, that's happened. I was like, just in what? the context of what the Joker is today. Is there something that's happened that I don't no, know? No, no, about? no, 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 no. Not to worry you. Just like the Joker is a thing. Oh. And I thought you were talking about like some kind of mass murder, like no, some no, gas no, no, attack or something. No, I was no, like, no, 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 Jesus no. Christ! I'm not getting into. I thought that. I got news updates. Just media wise. <laughs> All right, so hopefully you enjoy. He runs to the water fountain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. Um, so hopefully you. Trigger enjoy... warning: I will probably make a lot of suicide jokes. It's it's gonna happen. Yeah. So where can we find the bottle comic? Oh yes, Shit. the bottle comic. Where can we find the bottle? The bottle comic, comic will be available um, on your basic podcast streaming platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all that jazz. Which you um, know because you're listening. You know because you're already listening. And you're going to keep <laughs> listening. You're going to keep listening. We also the have Wolverine's a... Wolverine's going to We also have very bub. social media. Bub. Hey, Bub. Heard you didn't listen to the most recent episode of the bottle comic. I almost said politics. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to the bottle politic. Type in bottle comic. And Mate is going to tell you where all our social media is. Okay, so you can find us at Bottle Comic on Instagram or Twitter. It's just Bottle Comic, no uh, underscores or hyphens or anything like that. Excellent. That's it. That's both. And yep. on our Instagram, we're going to have a few panels that we have talked about in this this these two podcasts. So you'll be yeah. able to look at them as we're talking and see what we're talking about we might make a tumblr so that we can like engage with creators like there's a lot of people on tumblr who do drawings and stuff and it'd be really cool to engage with them that would that would be cool yeah so So if you would like there to be a tumblr let us know 
We also have an email where you can talk to us directly. Oh, yeah. Uh, our email is bottlecomic at gmail.com. Yeah. Please email us if you have literally anything to say, because we'd like to talk to you, about you, make fun of you in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, and people who like comics have a lot of stuff to say, so say it to us. If yeah. you think there's anything that we should be reading or anything that you you know, think that would be helpful for us to read, just let us know. Right, or and any commentary it, on anything we've said, because we say it to discuss. Sure. Sure. All right, that's <laughs> the end of our first double episode, or... The end of our first episode. No, it'll be a double episode. Yeah, that was was very long. (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to chop that up into two, as we anticipated. So, hopefully you enjoyed our first two episodes, our inaugural week reading The Dark Phoenix Arc. And we'll be back next week with The Killing Joke. Thank you for listening. And goodbye. Bye. Say goodbye, Melissa. Bye. Bye.